The Spiritual Freedom Show with Richard Lawrence, where politics is not the answer, materialism counts for nothing, and spirituality will set you free. I'm Richard Lawrence, and this is an Ethereus podcast. We're also syndicated on these radio networks, Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, Transformation Talk Radio, WTRM, the Trim Radio Network, and Oneness Talk Radio. Richard. Darren. So I I wanted to come back today to one of the themes that we've been kind of teasing out in the last few shows, I think. Mm. Um, And um, that's really about using psychic powers to help other people. Yeah. Uh, we talked about it kind of generally, but I thought we could talk today in a bit more detail about yeah. you know, some of the concrete examples that, that really anyone could do. You know, yes. Because these psychic powers are innate within us. We can all develop them. They're not a gift. Mm-hmm. And so, and, you know, but they're not to be developed for just for their own sake. No. No. Today especially, or nowadays especially, it's how can we develop them in order to, be be- to do better in our spiritual work, as a spiritual work in terms of helping other people in the world yeah. in some way. Yeah, I'd actually go further than that. That's what justifies developing them. Okay, that, that yeah. they can in be, the very first place. Yes, yeah, because yeah. in the old yoga tradition, you wouldn't. You'd have them. And I repeat, and I know this, I've said this many times, but anyone who claims to be enlightened, mm. who hasn't in one way or another experienced psychic powers of their own, mm. isn't. You and can just, be that just go definite. Into how, how that can be, like what, what's, what's going on? Well, there? because to become enlightened in the true sense of the word, you are raising the kundalini. Mm-hmm. You're raising it, whether you know it or not. Not all people who develop enlightenment are fully aware of kundalini. This is where Dr. King was streets ahead of, of some. And you can have elevated states without ever having heard of kundalini. And certainly mm. Wordsworth did, and sure. he described it in his yeah. poem at Tintern Abbey, for example. Mm. But you will, in one way or another, activate psychic centers as you do this. And in the course of that, you'll have certain types of psychic experience. You might not call them that. In the yogic tradition, you might see them as lights that you're seeing in your third eye. You might uh, see them as uh, a representation of the aura, which I suppose we would call clairvoyance, but you mm-hmm. might not. And you might hear the sound, the certain sounds that you you hear as you advance. And I think one was the conch shell in the old yogic writings. These are all psychic manifestations. You you might, you will probably experience energies Mm -hmm. in your own aura or being, Mm -hmm. uh, certain types of force which can change your temperature. Um, In one way or another, I mean, in in, in the the Malarepa practice of, of the inner heat, that he did, and thereby could climb the mountain Himalayas in a snowstorm in a cotton robe and wow. still yeah. remain warm. These are these are different manifestations, some physical actually, of psychic abilities. Sometimes psychic abilities lean over into physical manifestation, um, and and it's very tangible force. And this will happen in one way. It won't be your goal in the traditional yoga setting. But it will as you advance, and I'm going way beyond the asanas here right. and, and going through probably the eight limbs of yoga as taught mm-hmm. by Sri Patanjali and, mm. and Vivekananda and Sivananda and Yogananda and many others. Um, you'll have that happen. You'll learn to detach from them if you're in that school of thinking, but they will come. Now, a person who, I repeat, who says, well, I'm enlightened, and there are some teachers, some very well-known ones who do that, who have not... Uh, experience this in some form 
and they say they haven't, then I'm sorry, they haven't reached. They might have reached a peaceful state. Mm -hmm. They might think they're in the now, but if you're in the now, you're in virtually a somatic state, the true now. That's a great show there in future, that one is, yeah. But basically the bottom line is, if, Kundalini, if you're going to experience enlightenment, Kundalini is going to be manifesting in a very high center. It's got to go through the other one. It has you're to. to experience you, that's, a, that's a big lesson yeah. that I, for, for one, have learned. Yeah. You can't yeah. just jump straight to the, to the Christ center. <laughs> yeah. You've got to go through each center. And in that way, yes, yeah, yeah. so that's a great yardstick. Mm. Yeah. So just coming back to, to, to this then, so we're talking about um, developing psychic powers, to go back to your point, in order to... Absolutely. I mean, others. there's two yeah. wonderful things yeah. about unlocking psychic powers. Mm. Number one, people start to realise their own pr potential. They totally. escape from totally. what Mars Sector 6 calls the prison of psychic frustration. It's, mm -hmm. it's like, you know, this wonderful... We've talked about Plato's cave before, I think. Yes, you we know, did talk about But that, yeah. it's like a person, for the first time, breaking free in a cave and seeing sunlight and seeing life for the first time, and it's very exciting. So that's, that's a wonderful thing. It needs to be controlled, of course, sure. and tempered, uh, but it, it's a great thing. And then the other thing, the main thing, what can you then use it for to help others? And I, I, um, I, I love this topic because I think it, it really you know, gives people a real reason to explore this. Um, uh, you know, beyond you know, just being an interesting thing, and I'm curious, and I'd like to see for myself whether it's possible. It's uh, and it grounds it in what matters most to our world today. Absolutely, which is, which is and kudos to Dr. George King, mm. who I think absolutely is one of the many things he pioneered. Even with his healing technique, it was a, it's a technique based on yoga, based on chakras. Yes, you know, based on uh, energy, prana, um, and and the same. He he broke through that barrier as a master of yoga in his own right and a real one and a very rare one of high attainment and then to validate and he gave lectures on psychometry on mm. dowsing uh, providing it's used in service but in order to develop it to use in service you have to perhaps start with learning to do I mean psychometry is just a wonderful thing to learn let's talk a little bit more about what it is psychometry is yeah. psychic touch Okay. And, of course, this was practiced in a spiritualistic setting. Because Dr. King had a, an unusual background of coming both from a spiritualist background, you know, his mother, his grandmother, mm. uh, and, and he attended what they would have called seances, but he went from seance to science. We, we okay. used that before. Um, but at the same time, adopting yoga and learning under Dr. Shastri and others and, and himself and training in the yoga and, and not training in a way I've never heard of anyone else doing, of totally. course, for eight hours a day for 10 years. So he was very unusual in, in, that, in that regard. Um, and he must have come across psychometry just as he must have come across healing, probably in those spiritualistic movements and, and meetings without any real understanding of what they were and why they were working. And he mm. added to it the dimension of logic, which he added to everything. Mm. And let's learn from that, because some psychics think, oh, I don't need logic anymore. I don't need to analyse anymore. I've, I've got my intuition now, and that's all that matters. No, it isn't. It isn't. The two, actually, they come together. Intuition and logic meet at the same place, which is truth. 
Oh, I love that. I love that. I love that. Well, I think, and I think it illustrates that there is this beautiful harmony that you can bring together with yeah. them. We, we really shouldn't be discarding either yeah. one of them. It's yeah. So to answer your question, he then told, he explained why, what psychometry is. We put some of this in the book, Realize Your Inner Potential, mm -hmm. that it's the energy contained in an object. And so what you're tuning into when you take somebody's watch is the energy that they have placed in it by wearing it. Which is why, by the way, if you get a second-hand watch from somebody, which they haven't worn very much, and somebody else has worn a lot, your reading might be really off. Because you're <laughs> because actually the getting person. the other yeah. person, yeah. Wow. Mm. So, I mean, but just um, using psychometry, I mean, you could walk into an old building, I mean, you could yeah. touch an artifact, and, yeah. you could, and, and, then, and then you're perceiving out of the ether within that artifact the, you know, the impressions of yeah. the people who were there, of the events that surrounded yeah. that place. Of... I did that with Yogananda, actually. Oh, yeah, good. Uh, when I went to his uh, sort of museum, I think it's called the Shrine Auditorium, I think. Oh, yeah, um, OK. But, um, and there's a little museum. You're not meant to touch anything. And okay. I'm sorry, I broke the rule. <laughs> oh, OK. I only touched one object. <laughs> okay, but yeah. um, I, could, I could feel the difficulties of his life in a way I never had before. And I, I, and I gained a newfound appreciation for him because I, I think he was such a wonderful man that he didn't, you know, what, what he went through uh, when he left his home and his, mm. the traditions he was raised in and the ashram and all that and came to the West because that was his mission and he did it brilliantly. Um, there was great sadness as well, I think. Um, and I could, I could see how difficult that must have been for him, partly through touching this object, wow. rather than just <coughs> reading a book, because I don't think it's something he spoke about much. Wow. Um, and I, you know, I, I, like others, have felt his presence, certainly around um, the book Realise Your Inner Potential, which, of course, isn't a million miles from self-realization mm. as a name well, as a concept yeah, yeah, yeah. as a concept yeah. although in our case it's service orientated mm. which i'm sure he is now yeah. i believe he is now yeah totally mm. so let's connect psychometry then to healing because you were kind of starting to go down that track yeah, yeah. so you know in terms of using uh, using these like psychometric skills that we're developing in order to help others i mean how would that manifest well psychometry can lead into a reading like when i used to do readings there's one or two things I would use. I, I'd certainly use the crystal ball. At one time I used a, a doctored tarot pack. I doctored it myself because there are negative elements in, a, in some tarot packs, in my opinion, that I don't want the energy discoloring the reading. I see. Yeah, got to be careful when you, when you use it. You know, I think who designed the tarot pack and what energies come from the design. That's just a, I'm not an expert on tarot, I did use it a bit. And I even got the point of using just ordinary playing cards sometimes because they're more neutral oh, than some of these designs, yeah. And then I also would do some psychometry because it can lead you in to attuning yourself to the person mm. and then that can lead you to going deeper. And do please bear in mind that just because you're psychic, just because you're getting psychic impressions, even if they're true impressions, they're not necessarily going to be helpful. Uh, you need to go a bit deeper and... You're, you're, what you're trying to do, if you're being consulted, and I, you know, I'm not saying everyone should set themselves up to do this, but if you are, you're trying to help the person. You will have access to some information uh, or feelings, impressions, I'm going to call them, about yeah. the person, mm -hmm. can then lead you to help them more. Okay. But it's got to be done in a helpful way. 
And I have come across examples of people who've given psychic advice, mm. which has actually possibly been unhelpful, while at the same time being accurate. I see. So this all comes to like the, the nuance and the sensitivity around counselling someone. Using yeah, and, and always keeping your intuition alive. Mm. For example, I'll give an example. I, I think one has to be very wary of health. I, I keep right well, away. On I, I have been asked um, to advise on both legal matters and health matters psychically, and I keep away from both. Um, I don't give health advice unless someone really asks me. And let's just say you had a real psychic impression about somebody else was going to die. Mm. Um, you could tell them. I mean, I'll, I'll give you the... I gave a reading once to a person, and I don't, never used to memorise my readings. I was, I was very heavily booked up, like a year ahead in some, at some moments, because I had other things going on as well. But I then met the person later and said, oh, by the way, you were right in your reading. I did go to Australia. Mm. So apparently I told her you're going to go to Australia, and she did go. Now, the, I, I thought to myself then, well, I hope she didn't go because I said you were going to You know, <laughs> you can empower people, is my I point, see. with Thank your you. reading. Mm. And I even know of a case of someone who possibly empowered somebody to, to do something really damaging to themselves mm. without meaning to at all. So this is why you have to treat it with great care and use it in a way... And, and, and if I sort of picked up that someone was very, very seriously ill, let's just say, I wouldn't say, well, I think you're very, very seriously ill. I wouldn't say that. But I might say, um, how is your health? I see. You I know, see. there's nothing wrong in art. You see, again, some psychics, they don't think they can ask questions. Mm. As if they're meant to be the one with the answers yeah, all the time. Yeah, because right? it's an ego. Their ego is, I know mm. everything, and I can't look as though I don't. And at the same time, you'll get people will come to get a reading expecting you to answer everything and saying, on the attitude, well, you should know this and you should know that. If somebody came to me for a reading with that attitude, I'd end the reading right there, mm -hmm. and that would be it. Mm. You are there to help, and if they don't want to help, and if they won't answer yeah. questions designed sure. to help them... It's a waste of time for sure, both of sure, you. Sure, sure. You're not obligated to do it. Um, so, so coming back to the the like prayer, for example. Yeah. Um, how, what you know? How how does like developing psychic powers? How does that relate to prayer? I mean, most people wouldn't necessarily put those two things together. They wouldn't. But prayer, and you know, I I know hundreds of people who pray in a mm. dynamic way, as taught by Dr. George King. And mm. in, in, when you tip do dynamic prayer as taught yeah. by Dr. George King, as well as everything else that it is, which yeah. is a very holy and spiritual practice, it's also a psychic practice. Yeah. You're using psychic centres in the palms of your hands. You are using the psychic centre of the heart centre. Every time you visualise the heart centre, you are, although your motive is to channel energy to others, you are also raising the energies within you in the direction of that centre. And this is why you have to be careful with the visualisation mm -hmm. of centres. But in that practice, you're going to start to raise energies. And so, therefore, many people who pray will tell you of their experiences. They feel the energy. It's a tangible force. Definitely. It's, you know that. Hundreds of others know that. It can be very, very cold. Your hands can be very cold. They can also go very warm. The temperature of your hands can change dramatically, way more than they would by chance. Yeah. 
And you can even have other experience. You can see the energy sometimes, and people do. I've done, I know someone, which we've mentioned before, who, who's heard the energy, yeah. and so on. Some people have smelled it. I, I had uh, John Holder and I, when we were at university in Hull, we had a theosophy group there. We had an attender. And when we did the violet flame practice, this attender said every time he could smell it. Really? He couldn't really see it, but he could smell it. I haven't smelled so it. So it's like it's smell. Most wonderful it? smell. Wow. These are different things that happen along the way. Then, you know, one moves on, one isn't there to dwell on them. Sure. But these are psychic practices, yes, and prayer, very much so. And it will start to activate the higher psychic centers, which will start to lead you to be more psychic. And even more important than psychic, to be more intuitive. Yeah, actually, the, you know, prayer, all those things you just described, actually, you know, when I reflect on that, they're, they're actually a really good way of. Um, proving to yourself that prayer is a psychic thing, you know, that it's not mm. just what people have kind of um, perceived it to be previously, you know, you're just mm. talking to God kind of mumbling mm. away, but that actually there is a movement of energy, There's that there is an invocation, there is a radiation yeah. of this power, yeah. and that, you know, all these different phenomena that you experience with the temperature and the sensation and the pressure and all that is sort of a manifestation of this energy moving within you. Absolutely. And I think that's, that's a great way, like you said, you know, you need to experience things for yourself. These things are things that you can experience. They are, yourself. and yeah. isn't it strange, and I, I, you must hear this, and I hear all the time people telling me they're not psychic, mm. when they're an extremely good prayer. Not not only a good prayer, yeah. they can assess the difference in quality mm. of other prayers. I see what you mean. And yet that. they'll say they're not psychic. I of course they're psychic yeah. in an extremely valuable way yeah. because in Operation Prayer Power we need to assess the quality yeah. of the energy and that's a psychic task. Yeah. Whether you, we don't call it that, but it, clearly it is. Yeah, it's funny you say that because, you know, yeah, when people think of psychic, they kind of think, oh, like telepathy or reading your mind yeah. or, or, you know, moving things mm. or, you know. But actually, yeah, there's the much more useful psychic powers that we're talking about here, prayer yeah, and spiritual very healing. very useful and healing yeah. likewise, spiritual mm. healing. Mm. And I know of healers who've, who have given healing to an area that the patient you know, didn't say, didn't mention to them, as well as the one that the mm -hmm. patient did mention, just on a feeling, and nothing is lost by doing that. And later they found, the patient told them later, by the way, I had a diagnosis from my doctor or whatever, and because the two work together, it's sure. not instead of medicine, it's right. as well Absolutely, as. 100%. And, you know, th that area you healed is an area where I need treatment. Mm. So, you know, your psychic impressions can really help with healing. Uh, actually, one thing, you know, that people kind of, I think they kind of separate these, try to separate these things sometimes from everyday life. But I just say mm. a couple of stories, which I think uh, mm. kind of just show how much we can make them a part of everyday life. Mm. Um, uh, Deb, my wife, you know, she's, she's a nurse, works in the NHS, yeah. and she has so many stories about this. But I'll just share a couple sure. that, that came to mind. Yeah. She was driving back um, uh, one night in Liverpool late at night, I think it had been raining a little bit, and she, she passed an accident. There had been an accident, and there was a, a young man who had been knocked off his bicycle was lying on the ground. So she got out of the car, and she went over to him. I think there were maybe one or two other people there already. And um, obviously she checked. Someone had called an ambulance and whatever, and, and then she, so she sat with him. And um, she was lying there. She said, well, you know, not going to do nothing while I'm waiting while I start to give him healing. So she just started giving him healing. It wasn't obvious, you know, but she was invoking the energy and sending it to him. And, and eventually this young man came around and he just looked at her and said, are you an angel? And just like, How wonderful. <laughs> yeah, How just wonderful. a beautiful little illustration. You know? And despite the fact that he's in the cold and the night and the rain, yeah. you know, he described himself feeling very warm. You know, yeah. I just think, you know, there's just a little example. It's of, beautiful. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, let yeah. me just throw the, yeah. this in, that Dr. King was a very keen on the idea of all nurses being healers. Was he? 
Yeah. He, he really would like to have gone into hospitals with a team of you know, instructors it, yeah. and run healing courses. And many of them, as I'm sure your wife, Deb, will know mm. very well, are healers. Mm. I mean, they may, not, may or may not call themselves healers, yeah. but they are, you know, their presence is a healing thing. And doctors, too. Yeah. Actually, to that end, you know, speaking about specific, in the hospital, um, told me another story while, while we were just uh, you know, talking about the show last night. She, she was describing another case where um, you know, there was someone there receiving, um, I think they come in for a follow-up after some treatment, and uh, the nurse who was meant to be assigned was off doing something else, mm. and, and she was free. She was, and she's like, well, can't be no reason, there must be a reason why I'm available right now. I'm just going to go in and see, you know, mm. under the pretense of assisting this other nurse who's, mm. who's, who's following up with this patient. And uh, so she walked in, and she just kind of standing there, and she started to send healing to this person. Mm. And then uh, this person suddenly, like, startled and looked over to her, what are you doing? And she, she was like, uh, nothing. Uh, and she's, no, you're doing something. I can feel it. I can feel the warmth coming from mm. your hands. Mm -hmm. I practice Reiki. I, I know this thing. She just started crying. And, mm. and um, it was clear that this, this healing energy that she was reading had a, had a real impact on this mm. person. Mm. And, you know, that's one of a hundred stories. But it just, you know, just integrating... Um, the, uh, the, the simple healing practices, okay, in that case in her profession, but any of us can do that in, in the course Anybody of, can. Any point of our life, you know. One of the exercises we do in, in the Unlock Your Psychic Powers workshop, and sometimes when I do other workshops, but one of the ones we do, is we get together with a group and, and send healing, and mm -hmm. that's a beautiful story, mm -hmm. by the way, you've mm -hmm. just told me, uh, to, to volunteers in the mm. group who, who want to receive it. And so you'll have maybe, I don't know, a dozen people or yeah. 20 people sending healing, and we, we have a way of doing that, uh, and directing it to some, say, three or four people, one at a time, standing in front of them. Now, we have had, not promising this every time, we have had so-called miracles, actually. We had mm. one person who was healed from a war wound completely, in it, even though it's not advertised as that, this yeah. particular course. <laughs> yeah. But the <laughs> other thing, though, here, yeah. that they, virtually every person who stands in front of a group who are close to them, physically close to them, sending them energy, feels that energy as a force. It's one of the things that they experience on the receiving end. Wow. And very often, we've had people say they felt physically pushed back. Wow almost losing balance because yeah. the, the force has a physical the, the aspect of, of, of okay. the, the healers mm. directing the energy is a tangible thing. It's wow. not a theory, it's not faith, it's a real energy. And, that, you know, and is that something that you're going to be doing in this, in this course coming up? I could. <laughs> Why not? I haven't settled on it, okay, but certainly okay. if, if the students want to do that one, okay. we will definitely do that one. Yeah, I, I just, I've seen you do it before, obviously, on stage and stuff, mm. but I think I, I totally agree. It is, a, it is a fascinating thing to see the experience that people have and, yeah. and actually just to see that everyone in that audience, they're not like trained healers necessarily mm. either. They're just... Oh, no, they're not. You know, they've come people, along yeah, they've to unlock their psychic power, exactly. to find out if this is real exactly. or not, yeah. to see if they themselves have some kind of ability exactly. or not. Exactly. It's an experiment thing we're all there together for the same reason trying to help each other mm -hmm. but not cheat it's got to be real yeah i think that just goes back to the point that this is innate within us anyone can develop it you know we've discussed so many ways in which you can begin to do that and most importantly 
the reason to develop it here on the show, right? Um, a couple of which we've described, the counselling um, and then also the healing and the prayer, both of which you can use to help other people yeah. in the world. And there are many well. others too, yeah. but those are some of the main ones. Yeah. So one other one I think might be um, worth going into here as well is, is actually protection. You know, it's one yeah. that people don't often speak about. But, yes. you know, <laughs> surprisingly, one of the thing, one of the audio downloads that I think is purchased most from our website is oh, yeah. actually... Um, uh, the 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 record the lecture by Dr. King about psychic self defense. That is an absolute yeah. classic. It was his speciality, one of his several, but one of his main specialities, mm -hmm. psychic self defense. He was absolutely brilliant teacher of, and I strongly recommend that. Um, now, you have to, as he will say, and as he did say, you know, you've got to be very discriminating about whether you're actually getting some kind of psychic interference or not, or mm. whether it's just, you know, life or your imagination or what it might be. It might be your health or it could be anything. But um, you can do it. Now, in terms of helping others, other than teaching them, there are specialist abilities which I wouldn't recommend people to take up, such as exorcism. Okay. Well, I won't say no one should take it up, but it's to take up that or to do that, I would recommend you should be psychic first so that you know what you're dealing with, you know what forces you're dealing with, and you should do it sparingly. Because, as Dr King pointed out, if you're dealing with an opponent, um, someone who's a bad person or a bad force, whatever they are, wherever they are, if they're on another realm, the winner in, a, in a, a, what is virtually a combat situation of a kind yeah. is the one who's most capable not the one who's a best person, a good person. As you can imagine, a normal like conflict situation, yeah, combat situation. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So um, I, I would say that in, in that particular case, you need to be very... Use your judgment carefully. Don't attempt anything. I mean, I've had guidance not to attempt a particular oh, really? thing that I would like to have attempted. I see. Uh, but I I've been told, about, yeah. yeah, not to, advised not to mm. at this moment. Mm. It's known about and mm. not to, you know, whereas I'm sure, you know, Dr. King, if he, if he felt so inclined, he would. Um, you know, you've got to know what you're dealing with and what you can do and what you can't do because, mm -hmm. in, in, you know, there's no point in going into battle uh, and losing just because you don't have that capability. Now, you, it takes a certain humility, because some people think they can do anything. And there are, there are some tragic cases, actually, even of you know, priests and people who've tried things and ended up possessed themselves. There was one story of a vicar I came across who tried an exorcism, and that night they tried to kill their wife with a carving knife. I don't know how true it was. Gosh. It was in a newspaper once. Um, so you can end up... You know, I'm not trying to scare anyone, but these are real forces. But there are certain things you can do. And I've done exorcisms, by the way. And as I've mentioned before, you know, on this show, sometimes they're not the grisly forces that you think you're up against. Mm. They may not be. Mm. But there's something everyone can do. Uh, and it's something which I've, we've mentioned many times, and it's the violet flame practice. Right. And this can be good for others as well as yourself. You know, if, you, if you're doing the violet theme... Because one of the things that um, happens with psychic abilities is influence. And, uh, you know, for example, with guides, just to mention, just to detour for a moment, um, one thing we've talked about myself channeling Dante and so yeah. on and, and Tolstoy and, other, and many... Right, for some reason, that was 
something that I was directed towards and had many very you know, elevated literary figures channel through me over a period of time. And, but it had an impact, I'm just illustrating this, on me, on my brain, and the net result of it, and the person I work with, mainly Nikki Wood, my PA, and I often sure. dictate things to her, will vouch for this, was that my vocabulary changed. This is an example. So there were words then in my brain that were, hadn't been there before. There mm. were words that I didn't know. I wasn't channeling them mm. because of the, the influence of a certain type of guide. Now, mm. if you have the influence of a high, elevated spiritual guide, this will change you mm. as well. Now, one little thing, by the way, about guides and guidance, if you're able to get it, one acid test, I think, of um, a genuine contact with a guide would be, has, has that guide ever said something to you that you disagreed with? Because if it's not coming from you, you might not initially agree with it. You might not like it. I'll give an example. I had a, a guide for a long period who was actually a very prominent lama in Tibet. And I was... Um, have been for a long time in a, in a leadership position, and I and I've, uh, was doing, a th this would be 10, 20 years ago, that sort of thing, a lot of sort of high-profile media and so forth and around the world, and, and maybe it was affecting my ego more mm -hmm. than it should have done. Mm -hmm. Anyway, this particular guide, I'll never forget, said to me one day, he said, just because you're the best leader it doesn't make you the best person. Remember that. And it wasn't, you know, that didn't come from me. I wasn't, and it was like, stop me in my trance. thought, yeah, and it was a very good point. And it's very true. Mm. You might have to lead certain people. They might be better people than you, though, in mm. many, many respects. Yeah. And, you know, it's not that I didn't know that, but it was a reminder. Mm. And you, you, if, you, if you really are in touch, you will get that. And even in the case of Dr. King, I know for a fact, not every single thing he was ever told was what he wanted to hear. I see, yeah. That's almost like an acid test, like you're saying, yeah. isn't it? Because but, yeah, in his case, the thing he found the most difficult, possibly, was getting a, a communication about himself. Uh -huh. He didn't yeah. really want to get it. Totally. But he also, there were occasions when things were said to him, it's, you know, not very often, but it happened. Mm -hmm. um, and this, this will happen, but I, I divert from protection. Protection, you can use the violet flame. You can use it to great effect for yourself as a protection. You can use it for others too. You can radiate, radiate it. There's a wonderful transmission, actually a seminal transmission, by the giver of the nine freedoms, Mars Sector 6, called Fight Ye the Evil. And in that transmission, he gives you two weapons. He gives a number of weapons, but the two main ones that come to mind. And it was, it, this is a big change. This is a change away from turn the other cheek mm. and the pacifistic yeah. type of okay, approach yeah. which had prevailed upon Earth. It's a seminal moment, that transmission, fight ye the evil. I, I, if I, was, I don't know what the year, it could be 1960, 61, very early 60s. Yeah. Um, anyway, he gives two things. One, he says you radiate white light or violet flame. You can radiate violet flame. Well, we don't talk really about no. that, really, do we? No, you yeah. can change an atmosphere in a room, and I've done it with people. If you go into a, a place which has been tarnished by 
bad acts, they might be physical acts, they might be psychic acts, and particularly if there's a group of you, you can change the vibration by joining together in the violet flame as a multiple operation and cleansing the area. Wow, so that, that's, that's a beautiful thing to it, do. It's a it? protective practice. Um, you know, some of these practices we're given, we're, we're given like almost clues. They can be developed. They can be used in, totally. in, in different ways. Totally. So you can radiate the violet flame as well, as use it for yourself. You can, you can be in a, perhaps a, an office yeah. where there's a horrible vibration and a bad argument and you don't say a word to anyone, but you're sitting there doing the violet flame practice. Nobody knows you're doing it. Uh, and allowing it to radiate around and suddenly the argument stops. Mm. I've experienced things like that in an office environment. Wow. Not with the violet flame actually, but certainly with mantra. Wow. So that's one thing you can do, radiate energy. The other weapon that Mars Sector 6 gives actually for fighting evil is truth. Okay. Truth is a, is a powerful force, strangely, for transmutation. Sometimes you'll say a truth and no one will take any notice of it apparently. But it will still have a power yes. because okay. it's true. Yes. And it will still prevail at some point. It's a strong, strong weapon. And then the other great weapon, thing you can do, which is perfectly safe to do, is blessing. Okay. You can bless others. And there's a wonderful practice called the protective practice given by the Master Ethereus, where you bless, and it's in Realize You're in the Potential, and it's where you bless the eyesight of somebody else who's radiating anger or something towards yeah. you. Check that practice out. It's also in the practices of Ethereus. It's a wonderful exercise. So I would say blessing, the violet flame, the radiation of energy, the speaking of truth. Those are things you can safely do. Um, you know, if you do develop and if you're able to and if you have certain um, spiritual protection around you for certain reasons and you probably need to pick your time, you could get into cleansing buildings and even exorcisms, but I wouldn't recommend it, and if in doubt, I wouldn't do it. Mm. I mean, uh, uh, but even if people don't do that, coming back to some of the other things we talked about, the healing and prayer, certainly everybody can do that. Everyone can do yeah. that, and of course, healing yeah. and prayer are, are great. There's a um, you know, wonderful thing called the Prayer for Spiritual Workers, mm. which um, you know, you're virtually blessing those who attack you. And yeah. it's a transmuting force. Yeah. And it's not as passive as it sounds. It's kind of like that practice in a way. It, it is in a way. Yeah. It is. And it's, so it can be done over a distance. Mm. And as long as you really are blessing them, and it's not revenge, you do it with love, even if they've wronged you, um, it's very powerful. And they, they won't be able to really resist it. Uh, because if they do, it will... It will um, tend to come, well, it will, they, they, they might reflect it away temporarily, but it has a certain power which will work itself out. And of course, the prayer for spiritual workers is in this book, The Nine Freedoms. I think those are beautiful thoughts to leave people with great tips and guidance. Thank you very much for... Thank you. For that today. Everybody's down here. Thanks for tuning into the show. Now, if you enjoyed that episode, don't forget to subscribe for more wisdom from the Nine Freedoms. If you'd like to find out more about the Nine Freedoms, about Mars Sector 6 by Dr. George King, go to our website, that's ethereus.org. Richard and I love hearing from you, receiving your comments, your questions, and your spiritual experiences, and talking about them on the show. So do write to us, share them with us at spiritualfreedom at richardlawrence.co.uk. Always remember that service is the jewel in the rock of attainment. See you next time. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch -ch 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.